0: Hey everyone, welcome to the Craig Muster Show. I am Craig Muster and I am an executive business and life coach. I'm excited about our show today. It's all about helping people unlock their greatness and inspiring them to rise up and live their fullest life. This podcast is all about championing, coaching, and transforming leaders, business people, entrepreneurs, thinkers, and creatives through the stories and experiences of today's frontline leaders in business, government, media, and the creative arts, apologetics, and Christianity. If this is your first time listening to our show, I want you to know I have a tremendous passion to see people thrive while dismantling impossibilities. You're gonna wanna subscribe and join the tribe. And with us today is my co-host, Tanya Rodriguez, who is an amazing womanpreneur, advisor to her Cities and Cultural Arts Commission, and a vision strategist.
1: Hey, everyone. Welcome to The Craig Muster Show. We have an amazing show for you today. Uh, Craig is going to introduce him, but it is Pat Lynch. He is here, and he has a stellar story for us today that I know is going to definitely empower you. So, t- Craig, tell us more about your friend.
0: Yeah, Pat and I have known each other actually, man, it's been years at this point. Um, and so it's not just a leader, but a friend of mine, but he is, he's an executive life coach, uh, Patrick Lynch. He's also been in the he- uh, people helping business for for over 20 years. So he, is, he has been mingling and helping people overcome obstacles for well over 20 years. He's coached people in the highest level of the coaching industry. That means Not only does he coach followers, but he coaches leaders. He coaches other coaches. What I believe actually gives him a voice is not just uh, his knowledge or his theories, but his practical knowledge in life. He's lived a life of adversity and learned how to thrive in the midst of it. He also serves his senior pastor. Of the movement, so Pat, I just want to welcome you today. I, I, you know, I mean, it's been years we've been talking about podcasts and other things and doing some things together, but uh, I'm really excited to have you here today.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's so good to be with both you guys. Um, yeah, and you know, we were chatting a little bit just about the history and just the time that we've spent together and all the things that we've seen in our personal lives and and the moments that we've had to step through some hard stuff and and just our deep passion to see other people thrive and get out of these places, maybe where they feel stuck. And so I just, I love the opportunity. It's a privilege and honor. Thank you both for having me and I look forward to spending some time with you guys today.
1: Yeah, super fun. I know that um, you have just this amazing kind of story through the lens of being a triathlete, right? Yeah. And we just wanna, right Craig? We wanna hear that story.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, I wasn't always uh, an endurance athlete or was into endurance sports, Uh, endurance sports, are it's a tough sport, uh, because of just the amount of time and what it puts on your body. And so uh, I'm currently 47 years old and I have seven children. I have seven daughters specifically, um, from (laughs) one and, uh, my beautiful, awesome wife and, my 86 year old mother-in-law lives with us. And so I'm in a home of nine women and uh, it is, it is empowering and, and it's awesome. And early on, you know, when I was younger, I was highly athletic. My wife and I got married and we started on this journey of having all these kids. And uh, I went from being an elite athlete in surfing and was in tremendous shape, tremendous fitness. And I think like a lot of people in life, I ended up going through this, I guess this process of the, or I got set on this trajectory of getting really bogged down and maybe focusing on the things that I, I felt like were really in front of me. I wasn't taking time to be healthy and probably that was affecting my emotional health and for sure it was affecting where I sat spiritually and it was affecting me physically. And to give you just a really practical example of this as I went from 165, 170 pounds, I was 220 pounds, and I was wildly out of shape, and somewhere in the back of my head, someone had implanted this crazy notion of doing a triathlon, and so uh, a handful of years ago, probably about three years ago, uh, after just really feeling, and so many people I think can relate to this, just feeling... I. Th- felt like that mid thirties going into my forties stuck. And I I was really questioning a lot about my own life. I was questioning, gosh, is this where I wanted to be? Do I feel a hundred percent? Do I, do I have the capacity? Do I have the energy levels? Um, and I've got all these kids now. I went from one to, at the time we had six, uh, six of our daughters and hadn't had our youngest yet. And I just made a decision one day that I was going to take control of my physical well-being because I knew that if I was physically healthy, it affected so many other aspects of my life. So really the journey came down to me taking some control back, but also at the same time, uh, that's kind of the external and I think on the surface. But there was this part of me that was just deeply wounded and dealing with still a lot of hurt and pain from my childhood, a lot of hurt and pain from things that I had been through, things that I had seen. I lost my father when I was 18 years old uh, to really pretty much my entire life. He was battling cancer and um, I had dealt with abuse and I had dealt with all kinds of different things and really for me, triathlon, the sport started very simply me going out and doing a very short distance triathlon and it challenged me and I realized in that moment that if I decided to And if I decided to embrace the challenge, that I had an opportunity to prove uh, to myself that I had what it took, that God actually built me for more and that I I had the strength and that I also along the way had to learn that it wasn't just me, that I had to rely on the strength of others. And uh, there's a lot of lessons that I ended up learning along the way. Today, where that sits is I ended up getting into doing Ironman triathlons. For anyone who doesn't know that. Those are the longer longer distance races that you see people do. Um, number one question I get people is why would you want to do that? So I specialize in what's called the Half Ironman. at 70.3 miles. And so uh, it's a 1.2 mile swim, a 56 mile bike ride. And then I jump off the bike and I run a half a marathon. And that's 13.1 miles. And uh, so I, I over two year period within the first year, I actually did well enough in those races that it put me in the top 5% of the world. And so I sit in what's called an, I'm an all world athlete. So I'm in the top 5% of every racer in the world in my age division. And, uh, I've qualified for that two years in a row. And this year, of course we got all screwed up because of, uh, coronavirus and COVID. So I haven't raced this year, but, uh, I missed going to the world championships in December by a minute and 32 seconds, uh, the last race that I had. So, um, I, I, I definitely operate at an elite level, uh, as an amateur in my age division, and probably is a little bit my personality. But along the way, I will tell you that it began unlocking some truths for me that really has assisted me in being able to come alongside other people. Um, and so that, to me, is the power of being a triathlete for me personally. It did some things for me personally, which is great. But it also gave me the personal knowledge to be able to pass along to other people. So that's a condensed version of how I ended up in the sport and where things sit today. So. <laughs> How did
1: you um like the that stuck place? I know you kind of what was like you had heard about the triat tri- of triathlons and you weren't feeling well but what was like the key like thing that you're just like I can't the you know cuz you could have stayed in your condition. Yeah. So and and you could have just heard about the triathlon stuff but what was it like was it um you know what was it conversation you had or just an internal thing that just was like, I'm, I'm for sure I need to change and I need to, I, and I'm going to do it through, through this mechanism.
2: I think for me, it was, uh, you know, I was always, I always jumped into endeavors that were personally challenging. So I love individual sports. I grew up, you know, as a kid, I was, I played a very high level at soccer and, and probably could have gone to college and, and played there. Instead, I pivoted and I decided to take surfing and again, operate at a high level, but that's a very individual sport, you know, sitting in the water all by yourself. And there's a lot of great things that come with that. Um, triathlon kind of had the same thing for me, but I'll, I'll tell you what it was is I was having a conversation with a buddy of mine who had done multiple Ironmans, And I realized it, it was just something in my mind clicked. And I realized that I'm going to stay stuck if I don't do something that is, that's gonna push me beyond where I think I can go and get uncomfortable, because only in this in the discomfort do you find growth. And so I, I intentionally chose something that was gonna push me beyond what I thought I could do, and I knew it was gonna be a deep challenge, and that I had zero excuses. I couldn't blame anyone else if I didn't succeed, that it was 100% on me, and I knew if I didn't grab a hold of this, as scary as it was, and as much as in my brain, I thought, I don't know if I can do this. I knew that that was the exact place that I needed to be. Because if you don't do, if you're stuck somewhere to get unstuck, you have to go beyond whatever it is that you're doing. You're stuck because you're, you're, your wheels are spinning and they're not, you're not doing anything different. So I had to create a log jam. I had to get something under that wheel and I, ha- I had to create if you will, this kind of blunt force trauma to my internal system to wake me up and say, you may not think that you have the ability to do this, but you're gonna stay stuck if you don't do something different and different in this case, and this is humanity, that we run this risk that if we don't press past, if you don't press a little bit past where you think you can go, you're not gonna grow. And if you stay there and you don't do enough, you were gonna experience a level of atrophy. And in my life, I was experiencing, in that stuckness, I was beginning to slide backwards and I was experiencing this atrophy. And I didn't want that, and I wanted to continue to grow. And um, so there was just this moment, it clicked for me and just said, this sounds crazy, but I'm gonna do this. And uh, and I had people literally look at me and, and kind of laugh and go, I, I, like, I'd pay money to see that. Which, in my personality, I'm like, Oh, you challenged me. So I'll see it. I'll see you at the finish line. <laughs> um, but 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 I think that was that was one of those those one of those things that I grabbed a hold of that i I've been able to take into sitting with people in their personal lives, right? And saying, what are you currently doing? What decisions are you making that are difficult? Um, and often the hardest decision is probably the best. In this case, it was it was doing a triathlon with six kids. And, you know, running an organization and, you know, other things that I have going on.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Multiple things all at the same time. It's interesting because you were how old the first time, not the triathlon, but when when you when you just made the decision, hey, and you're going to you're going to actually go after this and start to do exercise and get back into shape. I guess it would have been before you did the Ironman. How old were you? Uh, 44, 44, about 44. Yeah. And by the time you actually did your first, your first, uh, Ironman, how, how old were you? Forty five, 45. I mean, to me, that's in and of itself to, to take a look. Cause it, one, one of the biggest hindrances of us actually pushing past some of our barriers is looking like, looking like a novice again. Mm-hmm. you know what i mean like yep. we don't look cool when we first try something new <laughs> no. you know we, <laughs> we're we're in the spandex the right way <laughs> you know what i mean like it's like a, getting like, getting it going yeah i mean the beginning stages before you have hey yeah i'm elite you know and i'm on this and i'm that okay yeah that's where you are yeah. but that, i mean that first year did not i imagine did not look like elite and how did you how did you overcome uh, that, that thing that would like to interrupt by saying, well, you're going to, you're, you're, you're 44, you know, you're an expert. Cause man, you were, you were already successful in so many other things. It wasn't like you're, you know, you're failing in life. You're successful in so many other things and you could have just been okay with that. <laughs> you decided to go into something that you look like a novice, like a beginner. yeah How did you push past that in yeah. order to begin? That's good.
2: Yeah. Uh, you know, I remember the moment. It's, it's really funny that you say that. So I remember the moment that I was getting ready to do my first race. And uh, and, 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 and everyone has. So, so this is something key for, for people to pick up on. We all have a, a preset lens that we look at life through and I could put an objective in front of anybody and you will go after it and potentially achieve that thing. But what motivates you is different than what motivates the next person. Yep. For me, the motivation was I so badly want to get unstuck and all these things. I was willing to deal with what potentially could have been humiliation. And I I distinctly remember this. I walked into a store who now I actually train and race with this store in Oceanside um, here in Southern California. And the owners of the store are awesome. It's a store called Play Try, And they're amazing. And part of what makes them amazing is this. I walked into that store, completely novice. I mean, I'm like a deer in the headlights. You can tell when someone walks into a new environment. I don't know anything. How do I, you know, wear these stretchy pants? And then I have to put on a wetsuit and take the wetsuit off. And then I have to run. Do, do I run in the stretchy pants? Seriously. And then I'm
0: like,
2: I mean, I'm going to get real for a second. Then I'm like, what I- happened? <laughs> What if I have to pee while I'm on the bike (laughs) pants? And what do I do? You know, they're saying, we need to hydrate. And I'm like, but if I'm hydrating, it's got to come out somewhere. And, you know, so I have all these questions that seem like, well, I don't want to ask that question. I just was at the point that I was, I'm going to use this word. I was at a point where I was willing to completely surrender. And that that word is so powerful. I was willing to completely surrender everything that I was doing. I was willing to surrender um, whatever I felt like I had, my my persona. I was willing to surrender any status. I was willing to surrender, you know, what people thought of me. And I was willing to surrender all of that to say, if I can figure this out, I'm going to get unstuck. If I can, but it took humility. And what really helped was, is you know, the guys at the store when I walked in, I said, yeah, I'm they, they kind of started chatting with me. I said, I'm getting ready to do my first race. And the guy goes, oh, let me give you some tips. And he opened the door and it was like, God just breathed on this moment to say, like, it's safe to surrender. Mm. But what happens with people is that they hold back. So, so we're, we're responding out of one or two places. I was going to respond to what you're talking about, Craig, and looking at this as a threat or a challenge. And when we're really unhealthy, we look at everything as a threat. And so we become defensive. And in that defensive mode, we spend all this energy that needs – the energy can be pushing us forward. We can be it, – it, it could be propelling us and being progressive. Or we could spend that energy building things and defending ourselves and, and arguing and, and you know, I, I don't want to listen to you. and But you don't know anything about what you're doing, but I still don't want to listen to you. And it, I just came to this point where I went, I don't want – to be here anymore mm. surrender everything and then you know he asked this question like, hey, you know you do, do you have anything that you're starting i'm like gosh yeah Hey, i have a question for you and i just started asking him questions and this guy took like 15 minutes and gave me the greatest advice that helped me get through that first race and i got to tell you something i look at every single person that approaches me because i have Every single week, I have people text me or message me or right, I have conversations with people that are getting ready to step into an endurance sport or a new health challenge, a 30-day this, a 21-day that, a triathlon, and I have this exact conversation with them. And I, I have purposed to become that person, to say, what can I do for you? And when I, when I, when I see that in somebody and their willingness to surrender – I want to do everything I can to give them all the weaponry to overcome where they're at, because I know in the heart they want to get unstuck and they don't know how. And they're expressing this humility and this willingness to surrender. And so I just want to say, hey, look, I was given this and I want to give it to you. And so just this week, you know, I spent an hour of fun with a guy talking him through his first half Ironman race. And I've raced in the location, and I just had this great conversation with him. And I got off the phone, and I thought to myself, I feel, I feel better helping someone than I do racing in this race.
1: Yeah,
2: it, it's it, it's such an amazing thing that I feel like on both ends, I'm getting something out of it. Um, I'm personally challenged, and I'm willing to do it. But you know, I'm able to help people. But here's the key: I'm going to say this again. You have to decide, anyone who's listening, you have to decide if you're going to view something as a threat or a challenge. It's the same exact thing. It's how we see it, perceive it, how we respond to it. And um, we can change our energy. We can change where we, we respond in our energy. And uh, I had to stop seeing these things as threats. And, and, and there was a lot in my history that taught me everything is a threat. Be defensive.
0: Excellent. I mean, uh, and I mean, you talk me into it. I'll be at your house in the morning.
1: <laughs> we're,
0: we're training. To, this is, this is that moment, Pat. Yeah. This is that moment. This is the moment. This is my moment.
1: Now yeah. I'm going yeah. to wait till I'm 44. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> I,
1: Maybe that's the magic number. <laughs> I was gonna tell
2: for my kids, Don't wait till you're my age to start investing. <laughs> Listen to what I've learned now and invest now. And you're going to be way further down the road. But I'm not going to hate on anybody who, who wants to come along like me, middle-aged, and say, hey, listen, I'm going to go for something because uh, I don't care where you're at in life. something There's an obstacle. There's something that you're coming up against. And I, just, yeah. I, 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 I believe that you're made for getting past those things. Hmm. And we can't succumb to the lies in our head that say, don't ask the questions. Don't surrender. This is a threat.
0: That's good. And, and I think, so anybody, you know, you're listening to this podcast right now. I, I don't want to, I don't want to go any, any further without giving you a chance to simply come to grips with the fact it might be a great time to surrender right now. Yeah. yeah. You, d- you might, you know, this might be a great time to surrender. And, and if you're fuel, if, if you've, if you've actually outperformed the people around you, because you've been driven by fear, then it will feel awkward when you shift from fear mm. into passion, or when you shift from fear into love, or you allow what you're hungry for to become mm. your driving force. It will feel awkward. But remember, awkwardness doesn't mean wrong. It just means new. Mm. It means it's not your new, it's not your normal yet. And right. so you can you can actually completely shift through through events like this. And I think that is part of, of your story, Pat. And I'm, I'm watching from a distance, and then of course, up close as we become good friends. I'm I'm watching, you know, what you learned here, you didn't just keep here. Mm-hmm. You you learned the principles of overcoming, of pushing past, of complete surrender. And then it began to affect other areas of your life. It began to affect your leadership, it began to affect your family, your business uh your coaching everything that you're doing and so i know i know for the listeners today trust me when i say this that the moment you taste freedom really just taste it fully and you face that that fear and shift it from terror or threat into challenge that's actually going to bring out the best in you yeah it, it will be a domino effect. It will infiltrate. It'll be like a virus that affects the rest of your life. Yeah. Right. I mean, I mean, how, what, it, where have you seen it, Pat, when it comes to how, how has this changed? Okay. The obstacle. Cause I, I'm looking at the progression here within a year. Um, and we, we talked about the last podcast that uh, my personal story coming out of a horrendous season of my life. It took about three years for me to come out of. And I, I came out of it inch by inch, not mile by mile. Right. And, and it's that inch by inch that gives you the language, the, the understanding of the process, because you know what every inch looks like. You have the ability to, to lead people that can't quite see it yet through the journey. And I know that's been part of your story. How has this... Uh, how has this affected your leadership? How has it affected your coaching?
2: Yeah. So I, I, whenever I'm coaching, um, let, let's say communicators. So I'll talk. Oftentimes, I'm talking to to communicators that are, are learning how to engage with crowds or what have you, or how to say something that people are going to grab a hold of. And and so there's there's this language I use that say, I think I always want to teach. I always want to speak. I always want to communicate. So I'm gonna I'm gonna Say I always want to coach from a place of revelation. What I mean by that is I want to have walked through something deeply. Uh, There's different stages of revelation. You can reveal something to me. You could read something to me. You could tell me that a triathlon is challenging. You could tell me that running a business is challenging. You could tell me that being a husband uh, is challenging. You could tell me that being a father of seven daughters is challenging. You tell me these things, but it's way different when beyond it just being revealed on the surface, you put me in it and I walk through it. And so, what I've been able to do is, I remember, I remember the first Ironman that I did, and I got to the the half Ironman portion, or the, or the half marathon portion, thirteen point one mile run, and you're and you're you're tapped. I mean, you're four hours into the day, three and a half hours into the day, and I hit this point where everything just got really dark. And I began to question every, and when I say everything, I mean, I began to question everything. I was, you hit this point of the race. And for me, it's always in that like eight to 10 mile zone where everything hurts. You say inch by inch, Craig. I mean, every single step, there's moments where I'm literally going left, right, left, right. And keep in mind, you know, I'm, I'm pushing myself really, really hard. I'm running at a fast pace and, and my body's tired. And I think what it did, so I'll take that as an example. What it did was it helped me when I broke through that and I finished the race, I went, Oh, you know, my mind is telling me things that, that are good warning signals, but aren't accurate.
0: Mm.
2: And I now was walking in this deep revelation of, sometimes out of self-preservation the way we're built we and this is that shift from threat to challenge this is not a threat a bear is not chasing me right now i'm actually running a half marathon so what it's helped me do is it's helped me remember and every single time i race i walk away i feel like i I personally had deeper revelation for my own personal life um with my relationships, my relationship with my wife, with my kids, with co-workers, with business partners. I have a way better perspective when it comes to sitting with someone who's hurting, who's suffering. I have a way better perspective to, to step back because I'm being coached. Here, here's another key. Um, it gave me a deeper revelation of a, a really good coach has a really good coach. So I have a great coach who's coaching me along the way. And so it gave me the perspective of going, wow, my coach has been really patient with me. My coach is operating from a place of revelation. And I've been able to, to, I think, refocus and say every single time I race. And, And I will tell you this. I think I had lost a bit of my ability to really sit with somebody at times in that dark hour. Because I hadn't challenged myself for a number of years to go through, to willfully go through really hard challenges. Because I think in our life, what we do is we fight for homeostasis. We fight for equilibrium. We fight for calm. But there's zero growth. And scientifically, it's proven that there's no fulfillment. You will not enjoy the things that you're doing. And... So for me, I think it's completely changed my perspective when I sit with somebody because I go, oh, my gosh, athletically, I like to say there's three elements to, you know, these races that I do. There's a swim, a bike and a run. There's three sides to a God that I profess to believe in and serve. There's this father who has a perspective. There's a son who has a perspective. And there's this Holy Spirit. And I, I seriously, I mean, this, I have the most spiritual experiences While I'm racing, while I'm training, when I'm out on the bike for three hours, riding 80 miles and that's and God's speaking to me and I'm able to, I'm not kidding you. I've had training sessions on Saturday, walked right into a conference or an environment the very next morning and the things that God is speaking to me about, I'm getting deep revelation about on Saturday. I walk in on Sunday and I'm able to give that to people and I watch them. Something unlocks. And I have them say, man, something shifted. Something changed. And I just believe that triathlons, it shifted me as I've allowed it to shift me. And it helped me then just offer to other people, if you want to shift, here's what I've learned. And it's increased the empathy to say, I'm with you. I'm I'm not a far off person, not looking from a distance. I'm with you. And it feels dark right now. But your mind is telling you something out of self-preservation. Your mind is telling you something that I believe. And don't we all need this? We need someone from the outside a lot of times looking in to say, I believe that there's more for you. I think you can, I think you can push one more time. Yeah. I think you can hold that, that pace. I think you can get up and you can, you can go to bat for your marriage another day. You can go to bat for your kid who has special needs and it's hard one more day. Um, and those are the things I think it just made me a better person all around, um, because I'm constantly in it, right? Yeah. I'm constantly going through the process, yeah. uh, which keeps me close at hand. So,
1: yeah. And I, I, you know, sometimes as it, it's the, the, the life dilemma or the entrepreneurial dilemma or however you'd like to put it, the reasons why we shouldn't step into something and the yeah. beginning so outweigh the reasons why we should because we can't see into the unknown. yeah And, um, but I mean, as you're going through this, I'm just having like all the, I'm taking notes and having all these <laughs> aha moments for myself. I'm being coached. Thank you for that, Pat. And, um, but it's just like, you know, once you're in it and once you start, I mean, you're saying that there are people that have met you where your need was at. I mean, you yeah. needed to be coached or given tips. Yeah. Um, you needed the deeper revelation, but those things came along the road. They didn't all come in the beginning when you were just deciding whether you should or you shouldn't. Right. Um, in the beginning, actually, it's easier, you know, do you or don't you? And then we convince ourselves not many times. Right. um for those that you know struggle to to take a deep dive into things but I, i'm just uh i mean i'm loving this conversation because um it's so true that along the way um, not only are we learning for ourselves, but another thing that you were talking about is, is people. You were learning these things to be able to pour out to other people. Like there was a community of people. Um, there are people all around you that just needed to have the the conversation about your breakthrough so that they can get their breakthrough in right. certain areas. So not really a question, but just like commenting. This is really good.
2: Yeah. No, you know, you, as you were saying that, I mean, I think what you're speaking to is, um, willingness. So like you, as an entrepreneur, so if you're a business leader right now and God, you, you feel like, you know, in terms of faith, God spoke to you or, you know, you have this deep desire, this vision in your head to start this business or do this thing or to launch this new product. There's a moment, like you said, of do I, do I, or don't I, you have to get past that first hurdle of just making the commitment. And Craig, you know, Craig pushes me, you know, in some of our conversations, we have kind of this reciprocal, I feel like relationship where we kind of like we'll say things to each other and kind of go oh, And I think it seeds something. And then at some point there's kind of a push. Um, so you have to have that initial thing. But once you do that, you then have to be completely surrendered to the, so what I'm going to call what you were describing is this process. Yeah. And truthfully, I, like, I'm going to tell you something that's wild. Racing is great, but here's statistically what my world looks like when I race. I spend three months training. I spend 156 hours on average training to race four hours and 45 minutes. Okay. Just if you looked at time spent, where am I getting the most out of my time? It's in the training. It's actually in the process. Mm, is we think it's all about the race, but it's actually all about the journey up to the start line of the race. And then we make a mistake of getting to the race and thinking it's all about, you know, it's about getting to the finish line. Success is the finish line. And what I would tell you is, is that you've been successful every day you made a decision to get up and allow the process to form and shape you. So three months out, I'm successful today. Now I'm going to say this a different way. You may not feel like you're being successful, but if I planted an apple seed in the ground and I told that apple seed, apple seed, I want you to tell yourself every day that you're an apple tree. It would be really odd if that apple seed said day one, I can't tell myself that I'm not, that I'm an apple tree because I'm not bearing any fruit called apples. Mm. The apple seed is still an apple tree but it's in a process and we have to keep telling ourselves, I feel like we're, we're, we're like, we're these apple seeds. We have these things that have been buried in our hearts. We have these business ideas. We have these creative thoughts. We have these relationships and we're, we're like these apple seeds. We have to continue to tell ourselves our preferred future, who we are at the end. We have to talk of the finish line to remind us, but remember that I'm successful today. That in that apple seed, there's going to be a dying. There's going to be a birth. There's going to be a breaking through the ground. There's going to be a blossoming. And there's going to be a fruit bearing season. And then there's going to be a harvest. That's good. But I think, and especially in our society, we see the harvest as the success. But the success is in the bearing of the seed and the surrender and the willingness to go through the process of the death and the breaking through and the blossoming. So I, I I think there's a lot to be said for not skipping that middle ground, walking in and going, I have no idea what this is going to look like. But I know that this is going to be the most formative part of who I am. I will tell you that I weep, I literally weep every single race when I come down the red carpet and I'm running to cross the finish line. I begin weeping every time. It's not because I'm finishing the race. It's because I'm, I'm, I'm actually feeling all of the tension, all of the struggle, all of the pain. It suddenly I, I'm realizing in the moment the harvest of the purpose to all the pain.
1: Yeah. And
2: there's this release of emotion to say this journey has changed me. This journey has done something to me. And every single time I race, it does something completely different to me. It adds something to me. It yeah. bears a different part of this fruit in my life. Something else dies in me. I'm having to change and adapt. I'm having, you know, we have another kid. My training changes. My, my father-in-law passed away a little over a year ago. My mother-in-law moves in with us. My training changes. The journey looks different. It's never going to look the same. But what can remain is our ability to say, I'm willing to be that seed and tell myself I'm an apple tree. And other people are going to come and tell you that you're not. And you have to believe, no, I am an apple tree. You just haven't seen the tree with the fruit on it yet. I'm in part of this process and the process is what makes me successful. I don't know if that makes sense.
0: Completely makes sense. And I think it goes back to what you're talking about that because we don't celebrate the process. Correct. We tolerate it. Yep. And in that principle, right, is whatever we stop celebrating, we we begin to tolerate. And the moment we tolerate it, we look at it differently. Yeah. And the gifts that are brought into our life to, to actually, to give us transformation. If we celebrate them, it'll be much more enjoyable. I don't know if there's, I was thinking about this um, the last couple of weeks, Uh, somebody asked me, you know, what would you change the most out of the last 14 years? We just went through 14 years of amazingness and, and hardship and all over the place. And, and I thought about it. What would I change? I would celebrate every day of the last fourteen years more, yeah. Rather than wait for uh, what I what I call the big break syndrome, the the one day, you <laughs> yeah. know, where yeah. everything. And it, I mean, it, I Jesus had thirty years of monotony. I mean, think of that—the best leader, yeah, the best entrepreneur, the best influencer, the best apologist. The best creative ever to walk this earth lived in obscurity for thirty years. You see him at twelve. You see him at two. You see him at eight days old. That's it. And and we have a tendency, I think, in our mind, right, to to negate those thirty years and think those are those are the unimportant years because the three years is what has been written on. You know, Correct. we we read about the three years, but the thirty years is where he developed. I don't think he wasted one moment. Not one moment. And I think um, as you were saying that, Pat, you said, you know, as you're finishing, you're coming across the finish line. You would begin to weep because it's a culmination in and I think some listeners are actually coming towards their finish line right now. Some listeners are at the beginning of the process, but some of listeners are used to the process, but you don't know how to celebrate the finish line. Yeah. And there is an aspect of knowing how to how to finish something strong. Meaning, some people hate the process, and some people are so addicted to the process they don't know how to champion. They don't know how to finish. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's it's stuck in that. Well, I just need a little bit more. I need one more day of practice. No, the race is today. No, I just about two more weeks. Nope. The race is today. And I do. I think there is a significance to understanding the timing of when it's time to actually join the race, get into the ring, because yes, you might not be perfect, but you're ready. Right. You might, you might still have, have problems, but it's time. And if you miss the opportunity to jump into the race when it's time and go back into process, quote unquote, you could miss some of the most beautiful experiences in your life where your process gets tested to be proved that it worked. Right. That's the intent.
2: Yep. Yeah. So in, in racing, this is really fascinating. I do all that training beforehand. But uh, coaches will tell you, triathlon coaches will tell you that your spike in fitness, the biggest spike in fitness you get actually doesn't happen while you're training. The biggest spike in fitness comes from racing. So wow. you need you need the intensity. It's like a diamond. You know, that diamond, you know, the, the, the coal and what was happening under the ground was this long process to get it right to that place where it, it gets squeezed. But it's in that squeeze that it actually creates the brightest, the most valuable gem that we mine, you know, on earth. And that race is important and people will, will shy away from it for a lot of reasons. And, and this is the other thing I learned, just really practically, and we all know this, we, all, we can say this, but life is not perfect. I have not raced one race that is perfect. In fact, I will tell you, I missed qualifying for the world championships they're happening in New Zealand. And it was my goal. I'm going to qualify for the world championships. I missed qualifying by a minute and 32 seconds. And I'll tell you why. Because when I went into the swim, I didn't have the swim that I normally have. Mm. And I was a minute and 32 seconds slower in the swim than I normally am. And guess what? I had to regroup in the middle of the swim. I had to regroup and convince myself don't quit the race. Because it's not about qualifying for the world. I knew in the moment, I just blew my chances because I'm at this really thin margin of error, sure. you know, where I'm at. And I had to regroup and I had to tell myself, this too is, is a process. So I think people skip. The race is not this separate thing. It's actually a process in itself that you have to go through. It's this, we want to press and we want to test. We want to assess, we want to press, we want to test. And if you're if you're assessing and pressing and there's no test, I would ask you one simple question. What are you doing? Love that. Nothing. How do you know that anything's changing? And I want to tell you, I want to encourage you if you're listening to this right now. The biggest jump in your growth, the biggest jump in your finances. Biggest jump in your strength, your confidence, your perseverance, your, your ability to endure is going to come if you would, if you'd surrender yourself and make yourself susceptible to the test. Jesus,
0: right.
2: Jesus was tested right after he was baptized. And he did it to prove something to us that he, he comes up out of the water. Holy Spirit comes on him. Father speaks over him, gives him his identity. I'm speaking to you, right? You're an apple tree. People don't see it yet. You've lived in obscurity. He immediately goes into a test to prove to us that we have to go through an assessment, a pressing, and a test. And immediately when Jesus came out of that test, he started moving in power, power that he hadn't moved in before. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you right now, if you will embrace that press and step into the test, you're going to find a growth spur in your business life, in your personal life, in your athletic endeavors, whatever it is. You're going to find the biggest spike when you go through that test. You have to be willing to walk through it.
0: That's powerful. I think that's a great place for us to close today. I, I, I think just knowing that some people are on the edge of their test and are balking or maybe questioning whether they're ready or questioning whether they'll get it perfect. You're not going to get a perfect. I'm gonna tell you right now, you're not gonna get a perfect. You're not gonna get a perfect. Yeah, but there is a drivenness that's that's proper. And to that, to that, what you're talking about, Patrick, is uh, the where it said the Holy Spirit led Jesus into the desert. That word led is the same word that is later used when demons are being driven out of people. It's the Holy Spirit drove him into the desert, yeah, in order to confront to show the dominion he walked in. So yeah. I want to encourage you, you know, if you're listening right now and you're hesitating, but you're you feel almost driven by God to face your enemies, it's God. It's it's That's an right. invitation to jump into the ring. Right. All messy, you 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 might absolutely blow it. You might you might stink at this thing, but it, yeah. the point is get into the ring. Get into the ring, join the race. It's time to push past those those glass barriers that are constantly pushing up against you, and it's time to not allow self-preservation to define your life. You've got to yeah. live for something more than self-preservation, and and I believe that you're called to that. And we you know we talked about the last podcast. This is about your the best version of yourself. And the best version of yourself is not the timid one. It might be the, the the broken one in a good way, meaning you've come to the end of yourself, but you find a strength when you come to the end of yourself. It doesn't yeah. it doesn't stay weak. Right, you push past that, right? And mm-hmm. so, Pat, just give them an invitation to push past all that right now.
2: Yeah, yeah. I th- I think I think uh, I think what I would challenge you, right? Don't take it as a threat. It's a challenge. I would just challenge you right now. Uh, I'm going to make this really practical. I I want you to take and think about, and Craig kind of did this earlier, you know, this idea of surrender. Take right now and write down the areas of your life that you feel like you're stuck. And this sounds crazy, but I want you to take those areas of your life. I want you to pick one, okay, because I don't want it to seem overwhelming. Pick one area that you feel like this is the number one area that I want to go after. And I want you to take that area and I want you to write down what the scariest thing you could do to actually get unstuck. And for me, it was I'm gonna go sign up. Out of shape, I could like I, I could barely walk one mile. Okay, yeah. I'm gonna go sign up for a triathlon to overcome this. Write down, find what is the one area you want to get unstuck. Write down something that that actually puts a little bit of fear in you, and you go. I don't know if I have what it takes, and I want you to surrender yourself, have humility, and I'm gonna challenge you to find somebody around you who can speak into. So you got to find a coach. you got to find a mentor. This is the stuff that Craig does. This is the stuff that I do. This is the stuff that we believe in, yeah. that we want to come alongside people. Find someone that can encourage you, that can speak into, if you need in the beginning, that can speak into the things that maybe you haven't, you haven't developed that confidence in your mind yet. Um, and that will continually just push you and help get you through the beginning parts of getting your wheels to get traction in the mud. Um, And I felt like uh, one of the things that you're probably listening to this and you may think I don't have time, I don't have the ability, I don't have all these things, wipe the excuses away. And I want you to believe right now that you're going to be given the resource and the margin to be able to do what it is that you need to do. God is miraculously giving me the ability to go train and do triathlons with seven kids, a marriage, organization, coaching, all these things that I have going on. Um, I think God's going to give you wisdom. And here's what's crazy. This is the last thing I would ask you to do. I want you to begin every morning thanking God with gratitude in your heart and thank him for what your preferred future is before you walk into it. Thank you, God, for this preferred future. Thank you. For, that I am unstuck and I'm thriving in this area and it becomes like your declaration and then I want you to just ask for wisdom on how to do that so there's gratitude ask for wisdom and then believe that God is going to bring the provision yes. because I believe when we thank him and we get wisdom he always is there to be our provider and it removes all the excuses and ultimately it puts it puts some level of, of uh, responsibility on my shoulders But it also puts a whole lot of responsibility on God's. And we say, God, we're going to be faithful with ours. And I believe you're going to be faithful with yours. I'm going to do my part. I know you're going to do your part. I'm going to be grateful. I'm going to seek wisdom. God, you're going to be my provision. You're going to give me the resources that I need
0: as I surrender. So good. Excellent. Excellent. Come on. Well, Tanya, why don't you close us out?
1: All right. Well, thank you, everyone, for joining today's podcast here with Patrick Lynch, Pat Lynch. Uh, If you want to find him, you can find him on Facebook, IG, social media at Pat Lynch box. And uh, we just enjoyed talking with you today, Pat. So thanks for being on the show. And if you felt empowered by today's episode, join our mailing list, leave a review, leave a comment. We want to hear back from you and what you have to say about the Craig Muster show. And also check us out. Check us out out on craigmuster.com for future events that we're going to be having. Live events, e-courses that you can be a part of. Bye, everyone. See you soon.